0: like that Many women have a lot of shame worthiness Let me play my part Shut to me. It's like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder. like. I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless. The body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to create change. from 5072. Perfect. 5072, 5071. No, that's good. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> it's just, I've never met you before. It's so great. It's to so be awkward. I have no idea how this
1: is going to go down. Your name just happens to be spelled like mine. It's weird. It's very weird. I'm interviewing my cousin, Julia Hall, um, because we were having a random spur-of-the-moment socially distanced conversation that fell into athletics and training and working out and body image and food and i was like shit you know i run this nonprofit. profit you know we have a show every week and, and i was like will you come on and we'll we be able to work it out in what less than a month less than a month yeah Awesome. So I'm really excited. I haven't, uh, we haven't talked a ton. Like you drifted off into what, Chicago? Anywhere else?
0: Where else have you been? I was in Chicago for about three and a half years. And then I went out to outside of Boston for about six months and then made my way back here to Minnesota. Those are two of like the great American cities. They are. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) Boston's beautiful. I wish I could have had more time in Boston. I loved it there so much. It's awesome. Those row houses, those $10 million houses, dude. Yes. They're so beautiful. The old like cobblestones and all the old, it just, it, you feel like you're kind of stepping back in time and I love history. I mean, we are halls. We love history. <laughs> We're halls. So <laughs> so we have to, like you're exiled from the family if you don't like history, but it, it is a very cool thing where you feel like you're stepping back in time yeah. in Boston and it's just you can feel the history there. It's awesome.
1: Well, since you said history, we'll introduce you in a minute. I always, like, start out with just casual conversation, then we'll do the formalities. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Was that at,
0: that was at the, yeah. um, this, what, what is this again, the well, Civil War? Well, this is War. Civil War
1: bullet pouch, and yeah. the bullets are in it, the fucking iron, and it's got a little historical, come on. Like, I think that's awesome. This <laughs> piece of paper is, <laughs> this piece of paper is 150 years old. Right. The mini ball as developed by James H. Burton. So there you go. I, We're nerding out this week, kids. I know.
0: I, I I love this stuff. Like, I just... One of my favorite things in Boston was, like, the Paul Revere house, and you just feel like you're stepping back in time entirely, and yeah. I just think it's great to keep pieces like that so you're always, like, familiar with American history and what has happened, and yeah. it's awesome.
1: So, yeah, that was cool. Um, how did we just get on then? Oh, Boston. Yeah, I think we're just doing a little intro. A little intro. So do you want to formally introduce yourself and kind of, however, if you want to talk about your business life, if you want to talk about as a trainer and what athletics mean to you, you come from a very
0: sporting family. Sure. Yes, we're very sporty. (laughs) Um, So I'm Julia Hall, as Teresa mentioned, I'm her cousin. Um, And I grew up in Minnesota, in Minnetonka, similar area to where Teresa grew up. So we... Basically, my family grew up playing a lot of sports, including me. I played hockey, soccer, and lacrosse growing up. And um, hockey and lacrosse were probably my two favorite. I absolutely loved it. My brothers played hockey, football, baseball, lacrosse, all those good things too. So we were always a very active family and we can both wear one of his sweaters. I have two. Yeah. Oh I have, have gophers
1: and I have leaves in the closet behind we, me. <laughs> we could, we
0: could put on a little. We
1: could stand out
0: all the way, <laughs> just stand on your brother. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so then just as time has gone on, I've always loved staying active and working out and I, I didn't fall into, I guess I should say, I chose to go when I was in Chicago to start coaching at a gym at a a more high-intensity interval training gym and then more of a strength and conditioning gym and then decided to try to take a take a dive into fitness full-time and made my way out to Boston where I did a more of a sports performance internship. So specifically talking to athletes or people who are just like us who have more specific goals than just a... Um, I belong to a gym and I take classes that aren't catered to me. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, so that was, I loved that experience. Then I ended up coming back to Minnesota and worked in a big box gym for only four weeks before I basically just didn't, I didn't love, um, how do I say this like nicely? I didn't love the way that, uh, the selling culture was Mm. to get people to train extra, like personal training on top of their gym membership. Right. Was it kind of like, this is what we started
1: talking about that I was like, will you come on the show? Because we, so a little background on the Kelly Nicole Foundation. If you haven't been following the podcast, I haven't done a ton on body positivity because that just wasn't Kel's story. It was a trauma-driven eating disorder. She didn't worry about like if she looked fat or this or that. It was like, I think it has to do with like the mouth as an entry point being a sense of vulnerability, something along those lines. So like, but I know that so many people struggling with an eating disorder have a messed up relationship with food and there are people and organizations in the world who do take advantage of that and kind of pounce like oh we'll tell a woman that you know, she doesn't have a gap here or she doesn't have a gap that fuck what the fuck are you all talking about? I've never checked for gaps. I don't know. Am I missing something? So
0: exactly. <laughs> so I wanna clarify first too that I'm a certified personal trainer, but I'm not a nutritionist, so anything or a dietitian. So anything yeah. I would speak about in terms of food are either from my own personal experience or from my opinion. So just to clarify that, I'm not coming from yeah. a from a a medical background or from a certification background of what I have to speak of. That being said, from my experience personally and also clients that I've dealt with, women have, uh, many women have a lot of shame around how they look, how they're expected to look, um, what they think, how they think their life would change should they look a certain way. And I Do not want to be a factor in encouraging that looking a certain way, eating a certain way, having a certain image is the end-all be-all to your happiness, to your worthiness, (coughs) to how you feel about yourself. And as you were mentioning with people who have trauma or for people who have dealt with a lot of shame maybe in their background, like there's a lot of different routes that Um, beyond obviously just working with a trainer that are going to help that. And a lot of that relates to mental health. And I'm all about, like, I love that. And I think that people should attack that side too. And for me as a trainer, I just want to make sure that I am assisting you in that journey Mm -hmm. and also helping with, there's so much with Working out that can actually boost your confidence and it doesn't have to be on the other side where I'm trying to lose something Instead I want this to be where my relationship with you or whomever I'm working with is that you're gaining something Whether you're attacking goals learning that strength is beautiful Seeing how much you feel in your own Feel positive about your own body when you accomplish things in the gym rather than it being like I'm my goal is that I step on a scale every day and I watch the number go down
1: Yeah, and that if that becomes a goal obviously if you're dangerously overweight, talk to your doctors, talk to your eating disorder clinic, talk to all these other people. If you have binge eating disorder, make sure that you're getting help and support. Um and don't let anyone tell you on the opposite side that you don't have a right to get healthy either, because that goes that floats around online as well. But like if you if you hold on to that and that becomes where the dopamine rush drips down every day, ooh, I lost another few ounces, I lost another few pounds, for some people they can't they don't know where to draw the line and that's where you end up hospitalized and that's where eating disorders become the most lethal mental illness on earth so i just am really inspired by your views of sport and empowerment and especially as a woman so why don't we take it back like your childhood what is does what being in motion mean to you cuz i just remember you guys just being like a team like these kids are all going to go pro in something
0: <laughs> so I, and I think this is all, uh, everybody's personality is individual, but, um, I'm sitting here talking to Teresa right now with a broken wrist at 31, but <laughs> I have, I was a child. I was in broken bones and, uh, stitches and when like. When did you get your ACL redone? I didn't have to get, it. I only, I only stretched my ACL Just give it a times. good stretch. Yeah. Just gave it a stretch. So I, luckily <laughs> I didn't have to actually get that done. I thought you did. Okay. No, I had a few issues with that, but. Um, so I just love, <laughs> I love going fast. I love like being a little bit, uh, like bash brothery, like anything that has exhilaration and excitement. And like, I feel like I'm flying in a sense. I want to do that. So That's awesome. I well, love you lived that. on that
1: huge hill. Yes. I can't imagine if you guys went sledding down that hill as kids, like,
0: holy, did you? We did, but there's so many trees. trees on Trees dude. so it's like you can't <laughs> it was more on we'll potentially reference Omi and Opa later and or at other times in the potentially. podcast. But Omi and Opa are our grandparents and they're my next door neighbors. So <laughs> you'll 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 adapt. We're German. <laughs> yes. So we would go on Omi and Opa's Hill more so. Because that Arielle was better, had, like yeah, it, it was just like you, you're going to bail out because you're just going to have to clock oak tree. tree. Exactly. <laughs> no, not
1: that oak tree. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: That's insane. But I can picture your dad doing just about anything. Have you heard some of the shit that they did when they were kids? Oh, My yes. dad's stories, they would ride a bike from the top of Omi and Opa's in their backyard all the way off the dock, dude, into the lagoon. Yep. I'm like, well, what happened to the bike? <laughs> like, So you have to dry, swim to the bottom 12, 15 feet as a kid. And lug this piece of back then it would have been steel. I know, not like our modern like badass aluminum frames. Like, I guess that's how they stayed in shape.
0: I, <laughs> that's what kids did instead of video games. I, I drag bikes out of the lake. Totally. I also think <laughs> like um, to our grandma's credit, she had five kids, and our grandpa traveled a lot for work. So I think yeah. she was honestly like. Whatever you gotta do to get your energy out, go outside, go for it. <laughs> you're go-
1: well, do you remember growing up there though when we were kids? If I like my memories are like, if you're not in what they said, bored people are boring people. If you're sitting inside on a beautiful day and you sit on the couch and pout and say, I'm bored, they would kick the crap out of you, yes, like they'd be fu- that was
0: not allowed, they'd be furious. And that's, I think, one of the things that, um, that my family because I have two brothers as well, so one of the things that got us so active too is, I think and I'm, maybe your dad's the same way, but like our dad's a brother. So my dad is very much like, I want to be outside on a beautiful day. And it was always like, we're, you're coming with me. So it's like, get your bike. Yeah. We're all going. And it's not that, you know, we're going to be holding a, you know, fast clip, but it's like, we're going to go and we're going to ride the trails for three hours. And it's just, it's nice to be outside in the sun and feel the wind in your face and like all that good stuff. So, and the same thing in the winter, we would go skate and like you see, you know, we have a rink right in front of the the houses or we go on the magical days where it's open like skating. It's just like, everybody's out there and it's 15 degrees, but it's Amazing and it feels great.
1: So, you don't tell me if I'm wrong because we grew up. Well, you're younger than me, but when I grew up, I was born in 1980, so I remember Nintendo. I remember actual like first Super Mario Brothers. I was always Luigi because I didn't have my own video game. But so, if you play at someone else's house, you're always Luigi hashtag Luigi for life. And so, like, there was a little bit of hey, my mom was strict, right? She's German, so she's like, you know, hey, turn off the TV, you're going outside. But I never was like, really annoyed by that. But I think this generation is so much screen time that you do have to kind of, there's a whole generation of kids that I wish they understood how good it feels to move your body.
0: Yeah. I will say one thing that might be beautiful about quarantine and this situation that we're living in mm-hmm. is I feel like I've seen more people out and about outside. There's nothing else to do. There's <laughs> nothing else to do. And I, th- I think it's truly like reconnecting people with nature. And the, the greatness of, like, and, and the health benefits, too, that come from fresh air. Feeling, it's fresher than it's been in 100 years, yes, dude. Feeling the sun <laughs> on your face. Like, there's so many, even, like, sleep benefits of, if you are getting out in the morning before 10 a.m., and try to get as much sunlight on your skin. It helps your sleep later. It, it balances... Why that time of day? Is it something about morning light? Um, I don't know exactly. I'd have to look back at this um, book that my strength coach talks about, but that's one of the things that he preaches to us. It helps balance your um, your melatonin levels. Wow. So when you get the sun early, and I, it could be something with like circadian rhythm and, and getting your body on that schedule, but it helps you sleep well later because of the melatonin levels. That's cool. So I think there's like some positives that all right, I I, th- I can find a lot of positives actually about quarantine. Like I feel like I've reconnected with my family in a great way and we've just gotten a lot of time to spend together, which is great. But I think ironically th- spent more time with our grandparents since yeah. it started out, you know, out in an open driveway. Like again, we're
1: talking about huge patches of land, so we don't just sit on their couch and breathe on them, but I mean, fuck, they beat the system. They both sold their soul to the devil. They have. Mid-90s,
0: and they're still just, they're still going. Well, I I don't know if they've said this to you, but they've said this to us. Again, we live next door to them, so we see them, them, like, a little bit more, but they've said to us, like, after a month, we kind of, like, let them be worried about the spreading of coronavirus, but they were like, you guys, the loneliness is going to kill us before this virus is. So, like, we need they're they're again they're both they're 94 and 93 and like at this point if this is what takes them out i think they're like we're okay with that like yeah, we are a
1: lot of people are and i'm not being callous about the people who are writing in the new york times hey everyone stop talking about me like i'm expendable because i'm over 70 i'm not talking about that but when this first dropped like because i deal with loss every day um and i'm starting a memorial art studio which i told you some of my vision for that like I think about death and dying and, and, you know, there's not a day where everything I need is here with me. So I deal with that feeling. And the first thing that hit me when this virus started to show its face and we started to understand what we're dealing with now is like, what about all the people who are already at the end of life and they don't get to hold their grandchild one time and they don't get to have their son in the room with them while they die? What about all the people who have already said, yeah, I'm checking out in the next three, six months. At some point, that's where I'm at in life. And now like those last months are so important. I have so many memories of Kel from our last three or four days, our last few hours. That is like, it's a sacred time in your life. And in the Western culture, when we know someone's quote unquote, not going to make it as if any of us are, we discard them and we're doing it now. Saying, well, you know, we have to keep you around for whatever longer time or we can't risk this, we can't risk that. And we're just like, really ignoring a critical time in someone's life when they need love. They need their Absolutely. family around. So and I, I think actually provides, knew they'd say something
0: like that. I prov—I think it provides comfort to the people who are losing that person as well. Because you get to keep those memories.
1: Yeah. And
0: the people say
1: funny things when they're getting close to the end. You never know what ridiculous thing is going to pop into their head, you know? Yeah. And it can help you later on to know, like, it wasn't your fault and you this and that. Like, all the, all the stuff that grieving people deal with. So I think there's some stuff about the virus that we're handling right and some that we're handling wrong.
0: Yep. And I, I think, like, we have, our grandparents are living, they're not in a, in a like, uh, assisted living facility. They're still living on their he own in that their damn home.
1: He mows your he fucking lawn. He mows lawn, too.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> our, our grandpa is actually, like, Mutant. he's in an amazing being like we, but he's half mutant. He's mutant for sure. But he's like, <laughs> he's so lucid and active still at ninety four, and he's um, doing a lot of caretaking for our grandma, who's slowing down a little bit more than he is, and so the amount of activity and responsibility that he carries with a smile on his face is amazing you could set your watch to his mood he never changes
1: moods yeah you could show up at their house any day of the week any time of the year any time of day and he'll just have this big like barrel-chested laugh yes and have some billion questions about your life and what he doesn't approve of and this and that maybe more me than you but he's gotten (laughs) over some of that um i remember when i was a kid and we were remodeling my parents house And I mean, we, he gave me a sledgehammer. He let me take the wall down. I was five. So I would race down from kindergarten and he would have food that my mom wouldn't allow because she's German. She was like, these Americans, what are they trying to do to their kids? But then he would have like chocolate milk. Yeah. I was like, yes. And I'd race home from kindergarten. He would give me the sledgehammer. I would just take the wall down. So you and I were raised to be strong women. We were raised, know your strength, break a sweat, take the wall down, pick up a hammer. Yeah. And there are so many people who are taught, you know, women are dainty. Women are this, women are that, and they don't use their bodies. So with that context, we talked a little bit about our our childhoods and stuff. What does empowerment mean
0: to you when you meet a new client? Get the music behind the mission. Best thing ever. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is proud. Goodbye!